sleepy. Maybe it's a little cold. It is a little cold in here. Uh, we're, we're questioning whether or not one of our ACs is working. So here's the fix. We all stand up and sing and use a lot of oxygen and warm up the room with our singing. All right. So let's do that. We're going to sing Count Your Blessings this morning to open our service. I don't have that much faith. <laughs> Count your blessings. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you were called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you His wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven, know your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you till your journey's set. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Amen. Give God the glory this morning. As we open in prayer, I want you just to remember your prayer list within your bulletins, but also, too, there's been quite a few that have called me this morning. They are ill. There's a lot of, whether it's the allergies, I was told mountain, luck, praise God, I don't have allergies. I was heard the mountain cedar is really high right now and affecting a lot of folks. So be in prayer for all those that aren't here. As you can see, uh, Chris is all by himself up there on the stage this morning. There's just a lot of folks that, that couldn't get out this morning. So make sure to, to lift them up in prayer as you go throughout the day as well. Amen? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. It's good seeing everybody today. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Let's go to God right now. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in this place. And as Chris mentioned earlier, Lord, the heaters don't seem to be keeping up for whatever reason this morning, but you've still given us a place out of the weather to gather together and, and, some, and warm and just, just fellowship one with another and worship you. So God, I pray that we open our hearts, open our ears to what you have to say today. May we, may we be quickened by your word, whether it be in the sermon, the song, a handshake, a hug, I don't know. But may we all, each one of us, individually be able to leave from this place today knowing intrinsically within our hearts that you are our Lord and our Savior, that we have come and have stood in the presence of the one who truly loves us the most. May your will be done in the hearts of your people this day. And God, we praise you, we thank you, and we give you praise and glory for everything that transpires here. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, let them know that you're glad they didn't have to bring the sled into church today. All right, guys. As we get back to our seats this morning, I just got a couple of announcements I want to throw out there to you. 
This is the time of the year after all the holidays and things. There's not a whole lot left to put into the bulletins. Not a whole lot left to put into the bulletins, but there is a couple of major things I want to make sure we know this morning. And both of them kind of, or at least the first one deals with staff. Tomorrow evening is our staff meeting, 7 o'clock. Uh, I need all I can, all, you, all my staff members to try to be here 7 o'clock tomorrow evening for the meeting. And we will be uh, putting together, uh, and speaking of, and put, we've got a lot behind us now. And praise the Lord, this is the time of the year where there's not a whole lot of activities per se. But this is also our biannual, uh, January is the month we have our biannual meeting, uh, business meeting. Thank you. Business meeting for everyone. So, And that's on the 22nd. So everyone is invited. Now, I know we don't have business meetings that often. However, I want to make sure everyone understands that this is open to everyone. We have a potluck meal. We come, we eat, and just bring whatever you want. And if you you can't bring something, bring yourself. This is still a time for us to gather, fellowship together. And then we talk about what's happened in the church this past year and and the, the goals that we have presented before us as well, things that's just going on. If you've never been to one of our business meetings, I know there's lots of jokes about the Baptist business meetings and things of that nature. I praise the Lord. God's in charge. God's in the lead. And we just have a sweet time talking about what God's doing in the church. So I want you to come. Now, if you're one of those folks that go to the races just to watch the wrecks, come and eat with us. And unfortunately, you may be bored. There's not a lot of wrecks. But you can come and have a good time with us as well. Amen? So I want to invite everyone. That's January 22nd. But tomorrow night is our staff meeting. I would ask all my staff to make sure to be here, if you can, at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. And I believe that's all my announcements I have this morning. Uh, Brother Chris has got our, our, our scripture reading this morning. Let me pray with you again, son. Father God, I just lift up my brother to you and just ask in the name of Jesus that you will touch him and that you'll speak through him in word. We've already prayed you speak through him in song and help us to worship you this day. But now may you speak to them through your word as well as we hear you through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sir. I don't know what small imp was speaking into this last time, but I'm a bit taller. Okay, uh, I'm sorry if this scripture reading or little talk uh, comes out of place. um, But we just did Christmas time uh, with my wife's side of the family yesterday, so I'm, I'm still in Christmas mode. So um, Christmas and, and birthdays have always been a, a strange time for me because of mainly one question. Um, it's a question that we kind of all get in some form or fashion. It's, what do you want for Christmas? Or what do you want for your birthday? And it usually plays out in one of two ways. You think of something uh, that you would really, really like, uh, you know, maybe something extravagant, or, um, and then you shoot that idea down in your own head because it's probably way too expensive or extravagant for somebody else to buy for you. So you, you feel guilty, and you probably just don't say anything about that. Uh, and then generally after that, you'll resort to, well, maybe something useful or something that you, you need uh, in your life. And at that point, uh, the person... Uh, buying you gifts is just fulfilling a need for you or, or a, you know, something utilitarian at that point, and sometimes that's not very fun. Uh, sometimes it can be. Um, but the reason I say all that is because I'd like to say that the best Christmas gifts or the best birthday gifts, the best gifts I've ever given or been given uh, have been unprompted, have been completely out of the blue, unknown that I was going to get it, um, those often turn out to be the best gifts. Uh, so um, I, I kind of liken that to you know what happened in the in the Christmas story where um, you know the the tribe of Israel were were clamoring for a king. They were clamoring for a, a desire, something that they really really wanted. But what God gave them instead was something unexpected. But in reality, it turned out to be the best thing that anybody, the best gift that anybody could have ever received, and it was completely unexpected. So, uh, And during Christmas time or during your birthday times, be careful with what you ask for and your gifts and things like that, because I I generally try to avoid that question altogether, uh, because the surprise is often more fun uh, or better. So uh, the scripture reading or the verse that goes along with that uh, is 2 Corinthians 9.15, 
and Morgan's going to put that on the board for us. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakably good gift or unspeakable gift or amazing gift. You know, your different versions will say different things. But yeah, unprompted amazing gifts. Anyway, let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you so much for the gifts, uh, plural gifts that you've given us, uh, so many gifts, so many wonderful things that we uh, couldn't even speak of, God. Um, whether it be... Uh, you know, life pleasures or, or whether it be, uh, you know, just anything that you've given us, God, the, the amazing gift of just being able to have the opportunity to, to stay with you forever and eternity is, is incredible, God. We thank you so much for that gift. Um, we ask that you just uh, keep that in the forefront of our minds. In your name we pray. Amen. More Chris. <laughs> Yay. All right. We're going to continue singing this morning. We'll have a few songs. Um, I picked a lot of hymnal songs this morning because we weren't sure if we were going to have power or not. It seems like we're going to have power, but if not, we may change up and I have some backup songs. But uh, for now, we're going to sing uh, hymn number 227, Praise Him, Praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In His arms, He carries them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound his praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows, love unbounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him, praise him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reign it forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Your glory surrounds you And now the plans that I have made Fail to compare When I see your glory Ruin my life The plans that I've made Ruin desires for my own selfish gain Destroy the idols that have taken your place Till it's you alone I live for 
righteousness, oh God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Thousand Jesus' name, amen. You can give God the glory this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Chris. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 8 this morning. Genesis chapter 8. And while you're turning there, I'll just tell you a couple of stories. There's a, there was a husband and a wife that was attending a county fair. And as they were at the county fair, they were moving along there, and they come to the back, and there was one of them old biplane, barnstorming type of airplanes, and the gentleman was given rides. You pay $20 a person, he'd take you up and do a few tricks, and you could fly around up there and just have a good time. Well, this gentleman and his wife decided they wanted to ride in that plane, but they didn't want to pay $20 a person. So they went up, and they started trying to negotiate a lower price. And they said, look, we're both going to be riding in the same seat. Let us just pay $20 for the two of us. And he said, it's not, going to, it's not the way it is. It's $20 a person. Well, they finally negotiate. The pilot says, I'll tell you what. Pay me the full price, $20 a piece. And if, nobody, if, you, if I can do my routine, I go through all my tricks, and you never say a word to me, I'll give you your money back, because that means you must not have enjoyed it. Okay, deal. So they gave the pilot the money, and he flies up, and he goes through every trick he knew. He's... he's He's looping, he's whirling, he's flying upside down, he's doing every kind of trick imaginable, and he never hears a word. And he lands the plane, and he, he ho- turns and hollers over his shoulder. He said, all right, congratulations. Um, here's your money back. You, you really didn't say a word. I am absolutely surprised. And the man looked at him and said, yeah, I did it, but you almost had me when my wife fell out back there. Pretty obvious to see what was important to that man, amen? Another little story, there was a group of hunters. They go out and they go hunting and, and, and they, they, they pair up. They go out in twos and they go in different directions. Well, at the end of the day, this, this one of them comes walking in by himself, but he's staggering under this, this 200-pound deer he's just carrying on his shoulders. And he gets to the camp and they look at him and say, hey, where's Bob? Where, 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 where's Bob at? And he said, oh, he had a stroke of some kind a couple of miles up the pathway back there. And they looked at him, and, and, and they couldn't understand what, what was going on. Why, why did you come back carrying this deer? And the hunter said, well, you know, it's a tough call, but I figured nobody tried to steal Bob. <laughs> Again, you can see what was important here. Or, or you've heard the one where the, the, the farmer puts the ad in the paper and says that uh, looking, looking farmer in, with a hundred of irrigated prop, acres of property looking for a, a wife. Please send picture of tractor when you reply. They have their own motives here, right? You can see what's important to each one of these individuals. It, it, unfortunately, sometimes what's important to us, what our motivations are, are not what God's motivations are. And the question I would get you to ask yourself this morning is what is important to you? What's important in your life? What are the priorities that you have put forth in your life? What's important when, it, when the rubber meets the road? Where are you going to make your decisions? What is the most important thing to you? What are the most important actions that you, you take a part in? What I want us to look at this morning, we're going to be looking at the, uh, in Genesis, and we're going to be looking at Noah. We're going to be learning a lesson, I hope, from Noah and from what happened to Noah. In the eighth chapter of Genesis, it records the time that Noah and, and his family, they go into the ark. Now, we've I believe we all know the story about Noah's Ark. But they go into the ark here, and, and his family are, are in there, and, and, and they're staying there, and, the, and they're waiting for the floodwaters to recede. They're, they're, they're hanging out in there and, and, and going on. In chapter 7, we see where God seals the door. They go into the, the boat. They're in there with all the animals, two by two. They have the animals. He has his sons. He has his daughter-in-laws. They're all in this boat. And God seals the door. Everything's done. They're in this boat now until God says otherwise. And the rain starts. Everything starts coming to pass just like God said it was going to do. The water covered the earth 
for 150 days. Now, I'm sure that Noah and his family were starting to wonder what was going on. Does it really take that long, maybe, to to drown all the the animals and the people, all the bad things on the earth? Their mind is starting to wonder here. But verse 8 tells us that Noah, that God remembered Noah. So nowhere in the midst of this did God ever forsake, nowhere in the first in, in this did God ever forget about Noah. God was still there. God understood what was going on. God knew their hearts. God remembered him and had everything under control. Noah understood that as well. God knew, uh, Noah understood from all those years of building the boat that God was the one who was in control. But it had been raining for all these days and everything's been coming together and, and things are going to be getting a little testy. Well, after 150 days, uh, verse 5 tells us that it was another two and a half months, another 75 days before the other mountain peaks came to be visible. So they're in this boat another 75 days. Forty days after that, Noah opens the window and finally releases a raven and, and, and releases a dove and, and sends these birds out there. Well, the dove finds no other land. It, 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 there's nothing out there, so he returns to the boat. Okay, so Noah's thinking, what are we going to do? Well, seven days later, Noah opens the window again. Let's the dove go out again, says, go on out there, see what you can find. The dove returns with an olive leaf in its mouth and says, okay, you know, there's, there's some vegetation growing now. There's, there's some life starting to happen out there. There's, there's things going on out there now. Seven days later, another week goes by. Noah opens the window, releases the dove again, and he doesn't return. That means that, that everything's getting to be okay. The, the dove was able to go out and realize that, hey, I can make a nest. There's things going on. Well, he waited two more months for the earth to dry out. Now, are you keeping track with all that's going on here? The total number of days that Noah and his family, his sons, his daughter-in-laws was in that boat was 380 days. That's a long time to be in that boat. 380 days. That's a long time to be cooped up with a bunch of animals. Can you imagine staying in a cooped up barn for 380 days? Not only were the animals getting smelly, I bet he had some, some sons and daughter-in-laws that were starting to smell rather ripe as well. 380 days he'd been sitting in this boat. 380 days they had been thinking about what they were going to do when they got out. 380 days of just sitting here waiting for this water to recede. How many of us have been on a vacation and towards the end of the vacation your mind starts thinking about, hey, I've got to get back to reality. What's going on back at the house? What do I need to do? There's going to be things that I have to take care of. There's things that I got, got to, to, to get done as soon as I get back. I was able to, praise the Lord, bless me with it, the capability of going hunting all this last week. I was down 30 miles upriver from Laredo. And I had a, a, a great time, but I couldn't quit thinking about all the things that needed to get done here. I kept thinking about what I needed to do as soon as I got back. Things that needed to be taken care of as soon as I got back. Can you imagine then the anticipation of Noah after 380 days on that ship starting over from scratch? Knowing that, that when we get off this boat, we've got to rebuild humanity. We've got to rebuild a, the village. We, gotta, we have to do everything. There's going to be a whole lot going through Noah's mind. There's going to be a whole lot of, of, of things, projects, and ideas that over 380 days have been formulating in his mind. There's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be done. What were they going to do when they got off the boat? What was going to be important to Noah and his family? Because what remember, how the things that we do shows the priorities in our life. So when he gets off the boat, the first thing he does is going to show the priority in his life. What is the most important thing for me to do? In chapter 8, starting in verse 18, I want us to pick up there. Genesis 8, starting in verse 18. He says, so Noah, along with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives, came out. All the wildlife, all the livestock, every bird, and every creature that crawls on the earth came out of the ark by their groups. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. He took some of every kind of clean animal and every kind of clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of man. Even though man's inclination is evil from his youth, I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. Amen. Giving thanks and acknowledging God for who he was and what he was was the number one priority 
for Noah. That was the most important thing in their life. It was the first thing when they got off the boat was acknowledging God. Not doing what they want to do, but what does God have me to do? After being cooped up for a year, Noah's first act when he got off the boat was to go out there and, and, and make an altar. His first act was to, to worship God. His first act was to let his, his sons and his daughter-in-laws know that it is God who is priority in our lives. Hallelujah. We can learn a lesson from that, guys. We should learn a lesson from that. But his first thing was to build an altar and sacrifice. That's how they did church back then. God was the number one priority. It was the foremost in his mind. It was the, God was the most important thing in Noah's life. Many of us, I'm afraid, would probably wait a little while. We'd say, well, well God, let me, let me get my land legs back under me. After all, we've been having church for 380 days on your boat. Let me, let me, you know, let me go take a shower first. Lord, let me go get, get cleaned up and then I'll, I'll deal with you. I, I've been on the boat with you 100 and 380 days. We've had church for a year now. I've I got other things I want to do right now. I'm afraid that many of us would find all kinds of other priorities and rationalize them away by saying, well, you know, I've been on that boat for so long, God will understand. Noah models for us, for you and I, guys, what should be the most important thing, and that is not our shower, not, not trying to go find a plot of land. The number one thing that should be our priority is God. Jesus is the, 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 the most important thing in a Christian's life because the world that we live in is not important. This world will pass away one day, guys. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, He should be priority. He should be at the forefront of our thoughts, our actions, our decisions, our choices. What would the Lord have me to do here? What would be the moral thing to do? What is the right thing to do? What are the things that I can do and have a clear moral conscience? How can the compass of my life that's guided by Christ react if I do this or if I do that? Everything we do should put Christ first. John records Jesus' words in, in, in John 25. He said, those who love their life you know that passage? Those who love their life in this world will lose it. But those who care nothing for their life will gain it for all eternity. Anyone who wants to follow, anyone who wants to follow me, anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me. Folks, the number one thing that we should do as Christians is follow Christ. That should be our priority. So ask yourself this morning, what is my priority? Noah knew that the most important thing to him when he got off that boat wasn't what the world would say that he should do. It was to honor God. Jesus tells us to do the same thing. He said, I am the most important thing in your life. I have given you everything. If you call yourself a Christian, if you are a disciple of mine, then you must follow me. How many of us put our jobs in that place? How many of us put our families in that place? And praise God, I understand that. I understand the importance of our families. I understand the importance of our jobs. I understand the importance of our health. However, if we put Christ first, those others will fall in line. It's Christ who should be priority in our life. If we claim faith, but do not put Jesus first, if we claim faith and do not do what Jesus teaches us, then we're just deceiving ourselves. We're not deceiving God. God knows what we're doing. You can come to church and say, and, and just put on the greatest act all you want. There's a whole lot of folks in the world today who call themselves Christians who put on a good act around these and those, but God knows their true heart. God doesn't need us to go out acting like Christians. He expects us to be Christians, which means following Him doing what He has called us to do. Jesus has, has put out, talked about getting overly concerned and about the things of this world. And He illustrated, if you remember, He said that, that, that God uses the birds. Look how beautiful they are. He, he, he presents the birds and look how God takes care of them, how He provides for them. The beauty of the flowers of the field, yet God allows them to grow. He takes care of them. Folks, the world's going to be taken care of by the Lord. We need to put ourselves not into the world, not trying to follow the world, but making Christ the priority. It is Christ who should be number one in our life. It is Christ we should be following. In Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek ye the kingdom of God above all else. Seek ye the kingdom of God above all else. In other words, in everything I do, my first priority should be, God, what do you have to say about this? 
Christ, what would you have me to do here? Jesus says the most important thing in your life is Him. The most important thing in your life is doing what He's called you to do. And folks, let me tell you this morning, even those who don't believe in Christ, when they read the the statutes and the moralities and the teachings of Christ, have to admit that if a man or a woman lived by what Christ taught, it's going to be a good person. But we need to be more than good people. We need to be what God's called us to be. And that's accept Jesus Christ into our lives, into our hearts, and into our minds. And then not follow those things because they are just there, but follow them because we want to. Because I want to please my Lord. Because He is my priority, I choose Christ and I choose to follow Him. It's not about what I wear. It's not about what I eat. It's not about how I want to do this or I want to do that. It's the importance of the kingdom of Christ that should matter. Where is God in my life? Above all else, the kingdom of God should be my priority. That should be most important to me. Working in and expanding the kingdom of God. That should be our choice, guys. That should be where our focus is. That, the, 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 this is consistent with everything that Jesus has taught us. That, that we are to follow Christ first. So again, I ask that question, what's important to you? And I'm not saying to ask your wife, Hey, what's important to us? No. I'm saying every one of us in this room, individually, should stop right now and think about, what do I put my priorities in? Maybe it's in reading. Maybe I like to read. Maybe it's going fishing. Maybe it's going hunting. Maybe it's, you know, really my priority is my children. Maybe my priority is my work. My priority is, is, is going shooting. Whatever it may be, what, if you was to stop right now and think, about where you put your actions, where do you put your money, where do you put your, your most conversation, you're going to see where your priority is. As I said a while ago, I realize that our families are important. I praise God. I have a, a large family. I praise God for them. Uh, I, I praise God Cody is here this morning with, with his extended family, or soon to be. Praise God. They are family as well. That is important to me. And it's important that uh, I, all my kids and my grandbabies and I, I would not trade the world for my kids and my grandbabies. But you know what? They are underneath Christ. God has to be my number one priority. You know what? I can't be the dad. I can't be the husband. I can't be the grandfather that God's called me to be. Unless Christ is first. Do you know why? Because I'll tend, as man, I'll tend to get uh, greedy or I'll tend to get uh, centered on myself. I'll start tending to, to lean the way I want to lean rather than where God would have me to go. Noah realized that the most important thing, after being on the boat for 380 days with a bunch of smelly animals, wasn't a bath. It was getting down and and worshiping God. It was getting down and saying, Jesus, God, I give you this. The kingdom of God, folks, needs to be first. In, in, In all our lives, it needs to be first and foremost. It needs to be right there. So the question you need to ask yourself, how do I affect the kingdom of God? What do I do? Can, can others see Christ in me? Can others see the kingdom of God expanding about me? You know, I sat at the house Friday night. I got back from Laredo late, late Thursday. But I, was, I was watching the news Friday a few minutes, and, and it was talking about Syria and the plight that's going on in Syria. And I guess the president must have came on TV Thursday. I don't, I don't know. But he was talking about the humanitarian uh, thing that's going on right now, the mission that we're in to be in the middle part of. And he was talking about all those who are being persecuted for just existing, for just being there. And he talked about their plight, how they had no food, how they had no water, and all this, this stuff, and someone has to help them. And I absolutely, wholeheartedly agree. We have been called to, to go to those who are hungry. We have been called to go to those who are destitute. We are called to go to those that need. And while I support doing that, I want to say this. I do support that. We do need to help those overseas. But folks, I'm going to submit to you this morning that there are those those who are hungry, there are those who are poor, and there are those who are destitute right here in our own communities, right here in Sutherland Springs, right here in South Texas, right here all over this country. There are people that we can be reaching out to. There are people right here in our little community that children that go home and the only meal they had was the meal they had at school. And they're going to go home tonight and they're going to be hungry. There's people right here in our communities that need to hear and know that the love of Christ is alive and well, and need to know that God is there. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, what are we doing 
to help our community? What are we doing to build the kingdom of Christ around us? What are we doing to fill the church's mission, if you will? We have our food pantry next door, and praise God for that. And God blesses uh, incredibly through that ministry. A lot of people get fed. A lot of people get clothes and blankets and things of that nature through our food pantry. And I praise God for that. But there's only a handful of people in this church that actually volunteer to work there. And some of those work tirelessly over there. What about the rest of us? Where is our priority? There's some people, they put in so much time doing what God's called them to do. Now, I'm not saying that we compare ourselves to one another, but I would ask us to stop and look and compare ourselves to Christ. Is Christ my priority? Am I doing what God has called me to do? Am I stepping out and being what God's called me to be? Am I going and doing what God calls me to do, or am I putting all my time into what I want to do? How often do we volunteer to step out and give of our time? Now, we may throw money at things sometimes, but you know what? It may not be money that God wants. He wants you. He wants to see where your priorities are. We are not going to accomplish the anything for Christ if we don't get involved as the people of God in furthering the mission of God. We must let the world see the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ every day in us. The world is getting into a darker and darker place. If we as a people don't make Christ a priority, then who is? But the more we make Christ a priority, the more we put Christ out in the forefront. And I'm not saying become self-righteous and pious and holier than thou. Good Lord, we don't need any more of those. I'm just saying put Christ first in your life and, you, and people will see it in your life. People will see it in your actions. Oh, but I don't have time, Pastor. Those people that work down at the pantry or mow the yard or do these things, you know, they must be retired or something. I don't have time. I hear that oftentimes. I'll even ask people how often they read their scriptures. They'll come to me and they have issues. And I'll say, well, are you doing your morning Bible study? Just even a little, you know, the little calendar thing. Do you do, you do the, a little bit of Bible study? Well, I don't have time to read the Bible every day. How much TV did you watch tonight? Well, that's different, Pastor. Really? That, you know what that tells me? The priority was TV over Bible. Now, I'm not trying to step on your toes. That's between you and the Lord. But if you never open God's word, then I think you might have to expect a few troubles and trials in your life that you might could have avoided otherwise. Where's our priorities? Do we put Christ first in the things that we do and the things that we say? When we say, I don't have time, we're telling God, I, I, I'm busy. What if Noah had said that? What if Noah had said, I got to get busy. I don't have time to make a worship offering. You notice out of that offering, God said, you know, that smells so great to me. I make this commitment right now never to bring that kind of tragedy down upon man again. Hmm. What if Noah said, I don't have time? What are you doing? What's your priority? Is it God? The question we should be asking ourselves is things like, what do I need to do to fulfill the mission that God has given in my life? What kingdom work should I be doing? You may say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a deacon. I'm not, I don't have these things. You know, I know a gentleman right now who, praise God, he, he owns some of the land that they found oil on. He was just a worker bee like everybody else till the last few years. And now he's got all this money. You know what he's doing? He bought land in Colorado. He bought some other deer leases. And he goes hunting all the time. He said, well, he's just going hunting. That's what he knew and that's what he was good at. But you know what he does now? He goes into the community, these good farm boys, these country boys that don't go to church, offers, hey, I want to take you up to Colorado, you and your friends. I want to take you to Colorado for a week to go elk hunting. Well, who's not going to jump on that? He's paying everything. And you know why he does that? Or he takes them to the leases around here or does those things. You know why? Because he says, I have them boys away from those that they usually run with for an entire week, and I share the gospel with them every day, all day long. I am sharing the gospel and sharing Jesus Christ with them. Hallelujah. He took a blessing of the Lord. And he could have said, I don't have time for that. I'm going to go hunting myself. Or I'm going to do this, that, that. He thought, what am I good at? I don't, I don't have a degree on the wall or anything like that. What I'm good at is hunting. What I'm good at is living off the land. What I'm good at is finding good land and taking others to it and sharing the gospel. Hallelujah. You may have a gift, something in your life that's different than everyone else. And God's telling you, make that a priority for me. Use that for me. Jesus said, anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me. Where to follow Christ? He is to be our priority, guys. He is the one that we should follow in all things, making him number one. 
Even Jesus himself, when he looked to the disciples and, and looked out amongst the people, he said, hey, I, I have, in, in John 6, 38, he said, I have come down from heaven to do the will of God and not my own will. If Jesus said, I came down from heaven to do the will of God the Father and not my own will, then how much should we be doing the will of the Father and not my own will? The question is simple this morning. Where is your priority? If you was to go home today and write down where you spend your money, where do you spend your time, where do you spend your, your, your education, where do you spend the talents that God has given you, write those down and see how many of them you can save God beside. That'll show you your priority. There's nothing wrong with being a hunter. There's nothing wrong with being a, someone who likes to study. There's nothing wrong with being a hard worker, obviously. Where it becomes wrong is when that becomes a priority over Christ. And the great thing is, we have the capability to change our attitude. And I can change my attitude from thinking only about hunting to putting hunting under Christ. And who knows, he may even merge the two like they did with my brother in Carn City. Who knows? Well, you know, I like to study all the time. Well, God may say, put me first, and I'm going to have you study other things, and they're going to jive and come together with what you like to study as well. I know someone who is a, just an incredible archaeologist, loves archaeology, uh, just a, a great biological anthropologist, loves archaeology, but you know what he's doing now? Biblical archaeology. In fact, he's in Israel right now as we speak. Hallelujah trying to prove and, and look at stories of the Scriptures. Folks, whatever it is that you've been ta given the talent to do and be with, it's up to you to make it a priority. Don't keep your mouth shut when your wife falls out of the airplane. Go back and say, wow, God, what would you have me to do? I love you. Please don't let my wife fall out of the airplane. Where would you have me to go? What's your priority this morning, guys? We're starting off a new year. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you know what? If your priorities are all wrong, that can tend to be a hard year ahead of you. Now, I'm not saying if your priorities are right, there's not going to be trials. I'm not. Only God knows that. But I can say if your priorities are right, God's right there with you. So I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The number one priority... It's getting a relationship with Him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first thing. You need to accept Him. He said, I, anyone who believes in their heart that I am the Son of God and I died in their stead, that I was risen from the grave and professes that with their mouth, so shall they be saved. You must first believe and then profess. There's a lot of people who say with their mouth they're Christians. But if they hadn't moved that 18 inches from here to here, it doesn't mean anything. A whole lot of people who wear crosses and Christian t-shirts don't know the Lord from the bumblebee outside. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. If you do know Him today, what's your priority? Where's your priority? You know, even myself, just last night I told Sherry, I said, uh, oh man, the, Packer, the, the playoff game between the Packers and the Giants is during church tomorrow night. Huh, wonder how I can call off church. Obviously, I can't. I wouldn't. Because then the Packers might lose. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know what? Sometimes things clash with what we want. But what does God want? Make Him your priority this morning. Whatever it may be. I can't say that, that's all, that your life all of a sudden becomes peaches and cream and roses. But I can say that you'll have peace in the midst of the trials. I've, my family and I, we've gone through some serious things. I don't know how we would have made it, though, if I didn't know that Jesus Christ was right there holding my hand. Where are you this morning? Where are you? I'd like us all to stand and lead us in a word of prayer, and this altar will be open. I would love to pray with you. You can pray at this altar. You can, and the great thing is, my God hears you wherever you're at. You can sit and pray right where you're at. Stand, sit, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. But if your priorities have been askew, then ask God to help you get them back in order. 
Now, you might not be able to flip a switch and all of a sudden change everything, but you can start making the decisions to change little by little by little. Well, I can't read a whole chapter a day of the Bible, uh, Brother Frank. Great. Start out with just one verse. And let that verse lead into another verse. And before you know it, in a year or so, you may be reading books of the Bible. And the next year, you may be saying, Frank, look at all this. I read this whole, uh, I read the Old Testament last night, didn't go to sleep. You can read the Old Testament in one night. That, you're, that's pretty out, awesome. But whatever it may be, for you this morning. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for using Noah to show us as an example that even though he was on that boat for 380 days, he knew that the number one priority was to worship you. As soon as his feet touched land, he made an altar and sacrificed some of those animals that was on that boat. God, thank you that you've shown us that, and now I pray that you give us the strength to follow through with the same thing. May we have the strength to make changes in our lives to our priorities so that you are, the, are shown to be the number one. May we put our, our lives so in you that others see faith, hope, and love, not in what we are, but in what you are in us. God, help us to make those choices and decisions to follow your will this day. In Jesus' name, amen. As Chris leads us in song, I want you to sing this morning. But if God's telling you to pray, pray. Maybe he's telling you to get out a pen and paper and start writing down your priorities. Isn't it great that, that we can do that? Whatever the Lord's telling you to do is what you need to do this morning. Please, follow through with him as we sing, guys. If you do know Christ, think about your priorities today. And the great thing is not between you and me. I don't care where your priorities are. I do care, I guess. But I'm not going to say, hey, I know where you were yesterday or this, that, or the other. That's when you and the Lord. You know where your priorities are. You have to make the decision to get them right. I, I, I do the best I can to keep my own self, much less everyone else where they need to be. So please, that's your decision. Follow Christ in it today. Amen? Amen. Tonight, we're uh, 6 o'clock, we're going to be back to our, our routine. I know with the holidays and everything, we've missed a lot of Sunday evening services. We're in the book of Joel. And to be quite honest, I can't remember where we are in the book of Joel. I'm going to have to look at my notes from last week. But we're going to be picking up the book of Joel tonight, chapter six. Uh, excuse me, at 6 o'clock, if you uh, would like to come and be a part of the Bible study this evening. Uh, and, and just have a blessed day. Wherever you go today, make Christ your priority and watch what he'll do in your life. Amen? Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Brother Brian, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Just come to your house this morning, God. I, I just praise you for for uh, the fellowship uh, and the warmth that we feel here, Lord, uh, and, and the love of those around us, God. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for the message that you gave us today, Lord. Uh, help us to live up to it, God. And use us in your service always, Lord. Forgive us when we do fall short. And I pray these saints in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. 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 And the Lord kept the breaker on.